Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Let's stand together, begin our time of worship together this morning. Oh, come, all ye faithful.
And all God's people said on Christmas Day, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I am so thankful to have the privilege to start this service with those words, Merry Christmas. It is so good to see you today on Christmas Day. We celebrate Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen again. I want there to be joy in this place today. All that we know about Jesus, all that we feel about Jesus is here in this room. We had a wonderful service last night. I assume some people would say, I'll give you one, maybe not both. I'm glad you chose Christmas Day. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that many of you chose to come to both services. I'm privileged to be able to do that. And we come today with integrity. We come today with inspiration. And we come to worship the living Savior, Jesus Christ. And we praise God that he was born in Bethlehem all those years ago. If you're our guest today, I want to personally welcome you to First Baptist Church. Uh, Thank you so much for being here on this beautiful Christmas morning. If you are a guest and you want to know more about our church, please reach into the pew pocket in front of you and find one of our guest cards. Fill that out, please, and give it, and then drop it off out in the giving receptacle. We want to have a record of of your visit. Everything we say today is what we say every Sunday, that Jesus is born. God sent his only son for us. He is alive in our hearts today, and we celebrate Jesus. We adore him as we just sang. I want you to stand back up now. Find somebody on Christmas Day and greet them in the name of the baby Jesus this morning. Let's celebrate Christ.
To God be the glory. Be seated, church family. We are so thankful once again that you are here. And um, what a beautiful Christmas morning it is. We have been in this beautiful journey expecting and awaiting the advent, the coming of Christ at Christmas. And we have arrived at that glorious day. Our journey has been beautiful thus far. Uh, We have focused on hope love, peace, and joy that only Jesus can bring. And now today it's time for us to prepare to light the Christ candle. Let's watch this video preparing our hearts for this moment. What a journey it's been for us, from hope and then to love, then to peace, then to joy. And it is such a blessing when we as a church get to choose the family that represents us on Christmas Day. This is Dustin and Laura Taylor, uh, their beautiful little girl, Emma. And um, they have the privilege of representing all of us this morning in lighting this most beautiful of all candles, the Christ candle. Dustin. Let's pray together. God, today we pray that this candle of your Son would burn bright in this church, that we would be centered on nothing else and certainly no one else but the Lord Jesus. Almighty God, we pray that this candle would burn so bright that people would be drawn to you and you alone. That they would bypass the lies and seek the truth. That they would recognize in you 
You are the bread of life, and if they will eat of you, they will never be hungry again. That you are the living water, if they would drink of you, they'll never be thirsty again. Lord Jesus, may your light, may your life, your love, your hope, your peace, and your joy, Lord, may all of that burn brightest in our hearts today. Lord, we love you, we celebrate you, we worship you, And we pray this in the powerful name of our Lord Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Stand with us as we continue our time of worship together. He shall reign forevermore.
Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for your son. I just ask that you be with us this morning as we praise your name. We ask that you be with Steve as he brings us a song. We also ask that you be with Danny as he brings us a message. We ask you that you open our ears to hear and lay your words on our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of my favorite female singers growing up was Sandy Patty. What a voice. And uh, she recorded a Christmas song that's been sung many times and recorded uh, by several people and choirs and ensembles thereafter. And uh, it's a song called Bethlehem Morning, and what a privilege it is to sing it on Christmas morning. Haven't had that opportunity uh, very many times. In fact, I was kind of curious as to when this happens again, and the leap year cycle kind of messes up the next one, so it's 11 years uh, so I'll, I'll be almost 70 next time we uh, meet on Christmas Day on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, this may be the last time I sing this song. Uh, but uh, And then I, I said that to some of the guys up here, and Bob and HM were like, well, that's not so bad, you know. <laughs> but what a privilege to sing this great song, Bethlehem Morning, and uh, always stirs my soul, and uh, I pray it, it will you today on this Christmas day. Lift up your hands, no need to mourn. His hand is stretched out still. For unto us a child is born, his promise to fulfill.
child that was born there. His spirit never ties. Brother Steve, it's our privilege to be here on this Christmas morning when you sang that. Amen. Praise God for Brother Steve and his ministry. We had a wonderful service last night filled with songs. We had have had a wonderful Christmas cantata as we have prepared our hearts for this day. And once again, just wonderful music this morning. Well, I just want to say again, today is the day. It's Christmas Day, so I'm going to say it loud and proud all day long. Merry Christmas. And I I say that to you today because our world today is quite interesting. And I hope you've noticed, well, you probably have, it probably isn't a fortunate thing, but we can't turn on our televisions without seeing instance after instance of a non-religious, politically correct, anti-Christian world striving to take every mention of God out of our celebration. And that pattern of things in our world, it hasn't begun recently. It began years ago when they tried to take prayer out of schools. Uh, They attacked the words, under God, in the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, Then they went after the words, in God we trust, on our money. 
Uh, they've tried to remove the notion of God being a, crea- a creator from our biology classes. They're, they're striving to remove nativities from every um, public place in our, in our society. And now you know this is true. It's been going on for well over a decade. They're actually going after the words, Merry Christmas. And the reason they're doing this is because they are striving to remove Christ from Christmas. And I would imagine because of that pattern of things in the world, it's left many people wondering what this holiday is all about. Uh, For many, I am convinced, they're probably left bewildered and confused. And it reminds me of a story that happened to me a number of years ago. I was ringing the Salvation Army bell. Has anybody ever done that? And I was standing in front of Walmart, ringing the bell, and this woman came out, and I said, Merry Christmas, and she said, I hate Christmas. And it took me back, and I said, why? And she says, because I can't afford it. And I was left realizing that day that that woman had really misunderstood the meaning of Christmas. She was confused. It reminds me of the little boy who summed up the confusion of our world when he went shopping for a friend at Christmas time. He picked up this greeting card and seeing the baby Jesus depicted on the card, he nudged his friend and said, hey, imagine that. They're even trying to drag religion into Christmas now. Well, don't misunderstand me today. I'm not Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, actually, the opposite is true. I love every part of Christmas. I like Christmas trees. I like Christmas lights. I like Christmas cards, Christmas gifts, Christmas ornaments, all of that. And if that's all that this was about, right, it would be worth it, everything we put into it, because it even allows us to have a better world for just a little while. And yet I know the real meaning of Christmas isn't found in any of those things. No, the real reason for this season is found looking one more time at the Christmas story this morning as God's people. So I want you to take your Bibles with me on this Christmas morning, and let's go to Matthew's Gospel. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. If you have not heard the reading of the Christmas story this season, praise God, you get to hear it here today. Let's stand together as God's people as we honor the reading of God's word today, the actual reading of the Christmas story given to us by Matthew. It says, and this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son... And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. 
but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Church family, my prayer for you today, for all of us gathered in this place, is that we would be joyfully reminded of the very reason that Jesus came in the form of a baby. God bless you. You may be seated. Church, it's in the two names that we see in the text today, the one predicted by Isaiah, the other commanded by the angel, that we find the real meaning of Christmas. The name Emmanuel is the first name that we see in the text. It tells us who Jesus is. The name Jesus actually tells us why he came. You see, the name Emmanuel means, as we said, God with us. But the name Jesus... Its definition is Jehovah is salvation. It's the same name, it's the same as the Old Testament name Joshua. Just as Joshua in the Old Testament led Israel from the wilderness to the promised land, so Jesus came to lead all of us, all of humankind, from the bondage of sin to the promised land of God. So let's define Christmas for what it is. Christmas is the celebration of God becoming flesh. It commemorates the time when God invaded this small planet, when omnipotence was wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's the celebration of the fact that God came to live among us, to reveal himself to us, to identify with us, and to give himself for us. And so listen to me today. If there had been no Christ, there would be no Christmas. Jesus is the reason for every single thing that we do today and what we've done the entire season. So with all of that in mind, three words come to mind for us today. The words revelation, the word identification, and the word salvation. Let's say those together. Revelation, identification, and salvation. Those words today, church, tell us exactly why we're here. They tell us why Jesus came. And so let's start with that first word. The first reason that Jesus became flesh was revelation. And understand this, there has never been a time from from prehistoric man until the present that people just like you, people just like me, did not want to know God. I read about this several years ago. A Roman historian wrote that he could find a time um, where cities, he could not find cities without a stadium. He could find cities without a theater, but he could not find cities without a temple. And the reason is because there is a longing in every one of our hearts to know God. But the question is, how can we know a God who is indescribable? How can we know a God who is incomprehensible to us? How can our finite minds know an infinite God? Well, we can look into creation, and many people talk about this, and they see some revelation of God. We can look into our world, and we can see design. We can look into our world, and we can see purpose. We can see power, but we can't fully know God just from creation. Uh, We can look into the Old Testament and in addition to that, and we can find the revelation of God in the prophets and the history and all the things that God was back then. But once again, it's only partial. So how can we know God? How can we know him in his fullest revelation? Well, here's the answer. 
If you want to know the fullest, surest revelation of God, you'll find it in no place else but Jesus the Christ. You see, today, if you ask me, Pastor, what is God like? I would say he is like Jesus Christ. If you then ask me how much like Jesus Christ is he, I would reply with this, exactly like Jesus Christ. Or in the vernacular of this West Texas boy, I would say he's the spitting image of God. Now some suggest that we can see God in all religions. But listen to this story. Theologian Karl Barth stood before students and faculty one time at at Princeton University in 1963. He was there to offer the Princeton lectures. And a student asked him that day, Sir, don't you think God has revealed himself in other religions, not just Christianity? And here's what he said. No, God has not revealed himself in any religion, including Christianity. He has only revealed himself in his son. Folks, the essence of Christianity is that Jesus Christ is God. God revealed himself in Jesus. He expressed himself to us in flesh so that we could understand. He got down on our level so we could comprehend him. As S.D. Gordon put it, Jesus is God spelling himself in language that we can understand. You see, Michelangelo expressed himself in marble. Rembrandt expressed himself in oils. Handel expressed himself in music. Shakespeare expressed himself in prose and verse. And God expressed himself in flesh. Friend, God became a man. He revealed himself to us. And that's the real meaning of Christmas, friends. That's why Jesus came. Somebody say amen. The first reason that Jesus became flesh is revelation. Let's go to that second word now. The second reason that Jesus became flesh was identification. Let's talk about it this way. Somebody once said, to walk in another man's shoes, you must first take off your own shoes. And folks, that's what Jesus did in the incarnation. The great God of heaven stripped himself of his deity And he became one of us. He became a human. He did that to identify with us. Let me tell you this story. One of the most famous czars of all of Russia was Peter the Great. And when he came to power in Russia, Russia was an isolated, backward land. All the rulers before him had far removed themselves and become inaccessible to their subjects. But Peter wasn't like that at all. He wanted to freely move among the people. He wanted to identify himself with the people that that he lorded over. Uh, He had an inquiring mind. He became fascinated with Western civilization. He desired to have his country become modernized. And so what he did was to send a group of more than 250 Russian nobles to Western Europe to study seamanship and navigation and shipbuilding. And they were to go there and bring back all these ideas to remold that country so it could be opened to to the extent of Europe. Well, it seems ordinary, but the remarkable thing is this. 
that Peter the Great, the Tsar himself, chose to travel with that great embassy incognito. He traveled as an ordinary person. He traveled as a mere member of the team to learn for himself. And I tell you that story because I want you to know that's exactly what Jesus did. He traveled from heaven to earth incognito. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He grew up in a carpenter shop in Nazareth. He died on a cross outside of Jerusalem. And he did that not only to reveal God to us, but to identify himself with us. I want you to think about this. Jesus was born in a stable, not in a mansion, so that he could identify with the homeless of our world. He was born in Bethlehem. The name means the house of bread, not in Rome, so that he could identify with the hungry masses. He grew up in the home of a carpenter rather than the home of a Caesar, so he could identify with the working class of the world. He was born a Jew and not a Greek, so that he could identify with the oppressed, the despised, and the rejected of all times. And he died on a cross church and not in a hospital to share the suffering of the world. You see, Jesus became one of us to show us that he understands us. To show you that he relates to you. To let us know that he could minister to us. Friend, that's why Jesus came. He came for revelation. He came for identification. But now that third word. Revelation. Identification. And now salvation. Why did Jesus come? Jesus became flesh for salvation. You see, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that we who are the sons of men might become the sons of God. Jesus came to save you, and he came to save me. Let's think about it this way. The story is from back in the 1800s. And in this story, it's a true story, a young Englishman traveled to California looking for gold. Many did that exact same thing in that time, and after several months prospecting, this young man struck it rich. And on his way home, he stopped off in the great city of New Orleans, and he came upon this crowd all looking in the same general direction. And approaching the the miner realized that he had gathered, unknown to him, For a slave auction. His curiosity drew him as slavery had been already outlawed in the nation of England. And he heard the words sold just as a black man was led away. And next up was this young black girl. She was beautiful. But she was made to walk around, paraded for everybody to see as a mere piece of property. The people were laughing as they prepared to place this bid on this item for sale. And the bidding began. It climbed higher and higher quickly as, as two separate men wanted this girl. They laughed about that, what they were going to do to her. And finally, the one man bid a price much higher than the other was able to pay. And the miner stood silent as anger welled up inside of him with what he was watching. Going once, the auctioneer said. Going twice. And then the miner himself yelled out a price that was exactly twice the previous bid. The crowd snickered and laughed. 
That was far too much to pay for a mere slave. They didn't think he could afford it. The auctioneer motioned the man to show him his money, and he opened this bag of gold, and everyone shook their heads in disbelief. The girl walked down the steps toward her new owner. She stopped. She spit in his face. Through clenched teeth, she said, I hate you. But without a word, the miner paid the money, and he walked away from that laughing crowd. He took that young girl by the hand. They began to walk through town as if he were looking for something. And finally, he found this shop front. He walked inside. She waited outside of this unknown store as she saw the miner talking to an elderly man through the glass. She saw him offer and give a bag of gold. She saw the elderly man give a look of disgust as he and the miner signed this piece of paper. He came outside, he gave the girl the paper, and he said, These are your freedom papers. You are a free person. I hate you, she said. Why do you make fun of me? He said once again, These are your freedom papers. He said, You're free. She looked at the papers. And then she looked at him. She looked at the papers again. You just bought me, she said. And now you're setting me free? He said, girl, that's why I bought you. I bought you to set you free. She fell to her knees. Tears streaming down her face. She said, you bought me to set me free. You bought me to set me free. Free and clutching his muddy boots, she said this, all I want to do is serve you because you bought me to set me free. Friends, I don't think there's any clearer illustration to proclaim to us today the reason for this season. Jesus Christ came as flesh to pay for our Freedom. He bought you and he bought me to set us free. Do you hear the words? Revelation, identification, and salvation. Friends, Jesus came for all those reasons. And the key is that Jesus came, isn't it? The key is that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Caesar was on his throne in Rome claiming to be earth's chief deity, but still Jesus came. Hostility instead of hospitality was the way of life in Bethlehem, but still Jesus came. He had no army except a few Galilean peasants, but still Jesus came. The key is that, that Jesus came. And in his coming, we find the real meaning of Christmas. So let the jingle bells ring, and let the mistletoe dangle. Let the trees shine bright, let the world try in vain to block him out. Because in this moment, and in this day of celebration, all confusion comes to an end. Jesus Christ 